Welcome to ContenderCast, a global leadership and consumer industries entrepreneurship podcast centered on shining a light on bright ideas. And now, here's your host, Justin Hahnemann. Thanks for listening. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for downloading. It's Justin Hahnemann on the ContenderCast for shining a light on bright ideas. Today, guys, we are taking a hiatus from the consumer goods industry, and we are back in the leadership space, and we're talking leadership and entrepreneurship with my new, amazing, extraordinary friend, Jeff Hazlett. Jeff, it's so great to have you on the podcast. It's good to be here. I can talk consumer stuff if you <laughs> want. True. You know, what, I know you've what's right. one I am? And then two, you know, I used to be one of the uh, CMO of one of the biggest brands Kodak, in the world. Yeah. I, I, you know, you're right. That's so true. But so I can much of your stuff is like, I mean, you've got some amazing leadership content. And I can um, also, you know, I can also talk about bacon and scotch, <laughs> the things okay. that the things we that are passions that. to me. I mean, <laughs> I mean, you can talk about boring business stuff or bacon. Oh I mean, my God. bacon. You could just do. I'm thinking of just doing a show of nothing but bacon and just sizzles. That's it. That's my podcast. <laughs> can I just tell you, 250 plus episodes? You're the first person to like take over my my outline. Oh. Hey, look. <laughs> what I gotta tell you, one of the I, uh, one time Diana Ross once said to Michael Ross, uh, Michael <laughs> Michael Jackson. When they give you the mic, never give it Dude, back. I love, never give it back. <laughs> I yeah. should have known coming into this one with all the things you've got going on. Well, listen, um, I, I, I'm sure many people know you. I mean, gosh, a CMO at Kodak through 2010. You've been a judge on The Celebrity Apprentice. Yeah, I mean, three years. What? Three years. I helped come up with that show. I okay. helped them develop that show when we were trying to sell the products for for Kodak, and we were. I was. I talked to Trump, and uh, and I said, "Hey, we'd like to do The Apprentice," and he said, "We're not doing it. We're canceled." And I said, "Well, if you did a celebrity version of that, that'd be really cool." He goes, "Well, would you do that show?" I said, "I do that show." He goes, "Well, would you tell Mark Burnett that?" And he and I said, "I don't know Mark Burnett." <laughs> right. And he goes, oh, and he goes, "Here's his number." So I called him and I oh woke my Mark gosh. Burnett up. This is a true story. Called him, woke him up, and because uh, it was I was three hours ahead, and he's out in California. Mark, you know, of course. He's, he's, making, he's making gazillions of dollars. He's you know, amazing. He can, sleep, he can sleep in like that, right. like the rest of us. Right? <laughs> but, but although Mark Burnett's not like that, I mean, he's a hardworking guy, former military guy. Uh, just, just, I mean, he's one of the hardest working people in the business. But anyway, I pitched him the. I said, "Hey, you should do this, and I'd like to be a sponsor. If you got any other shows." And uh, they called me back a month later and they said, we're doing The Apprentice. You guys want to do it? We're going to do a Celebrity Apprentice. Wow. And uh, and, then, and then as I got to know them, they said, Jeff, would you would you be a judge? Would you would you help us with this? And I said, no, uh, uh, I don't know. Let me, <laughs> don't think. Know, Let me think about this. Yeah. But, you know, I have to go wow. get, you know, back then when you, you know, you're working for a big corporation. Sure. You got to go get things checked uh, out. That's you right. Know, that's like. You, it's not cool for a lot of corporate people to be famous, so to speak. It's not so what true. you want. It becomes a target for you. And you have to be careful. I mean, you know, I used to have you know, C, uh, NBC president and MSNBC used to call me all the time back then and, and Fox and say, would you come and commentate on, you know, Toyota's brake problem or whatever it was? I said, no, I can't do that. And they go, wait, 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 we, we Jeff, we really like your opinion. And I go, Dude, there's no way I'm going on as a, as a corporate officer for one Fortune 100 and take on another Fortune 100 company totally. and tell them what I think they screwed up with. I said that would then open them up to be able to talk about a Kodak. And uh, we sure, got enough. Exactly. <laughs> I don't need anybody else talking about them. <laughs> you know? That's crazy. That's yeah. crazy. Well, that's... those are things you learn. And, you know, and then Trump, let's just be clear. You know, he's batshit crazy. But, <laughs> you know, 
but you know he was really he was really good at the show um i mean amazing be, and, right and, and i mean mark my words get ready for trump tv yeah mark I, my words i mean I, I was just reading an article about that this morning um okay we won't get on the politics route today but um okay so I no, was come just, on. I was still poli- introducing you. No, come on. Let's co- let's cover politics. Let, oh let's go move gosh. into sex, and then let's top it off with religion. Okay, perfect. And let's. Yeah, it could be a Fox episode all over the place. Oh my right gosh, here. I'd have to put some like nomenclature on this episode. Hey, but your dad would tune in. <laughs> there you go. You're- you know what's funny about that? He does watch Fox. Um, yeah. man, you called that. You don't even know my dad. Um, all right. So, um, yeah. and then also you've written four best-selling books: Think Big, yep. Act Bigger, The Mirror Test, and The Hero Factor three that you know stood out in my mind we'll talk about the hero factor today but when did you start writing books i'm just curious like when did you say you know what i'm gonna do that yeah 2009 uh eight nine everybody was my for 14 or 15 years at that time in my career i had an agent she kept you know wendy wendy keller uh out in malibu and and wendy was always on me about jeff you got to write a book you got to write a book all the years i was speaking and doing what i was doing you know i bought and sold over 250 companies in my career wow uh you know billions of dollars of transactions and so she she's always after me to write a book write a book and so finally you know i'm at the epicenter i'm at you know i'm on celebrity apprentice i'm on the front cover of forbes magazine i'm you know all those kinds of things and and she said, you got to write it. You got to write it. So I said, well, go, you go pitch it and I'll write it. Sure. And so she did. And uh, so we sold it. And so then I had to write it, finish writing. get it. Get <laughs> he it sold done. the idea before he wrote it. Got it. Yeah. Well, of course. Right. That's <laughs> what you wanted. Otherwise, I why this... do all the work? And then, uh, yeah. Well, it's, uh, it's, it is work. I mean, selling it, you got to sell <laughs> totally, it. Right? But, totally. But then, uh, but you got, but you also want the input of the great people who know how to do the books, the great right. people who know how to sell the books. You want the input of the marketing people. We want, so you, you know, you should always write a book with the end in mind. And, you know, most people think, oh, writing the book is the big thing. Oh, I'm done. I'm done. And they <laughs> rush around showing everybody they've written a the book. But right. that's the beginning. That's when you just start. No question. So, yeah, we did that. And that was the mirror test. And and I remember when they came back with the cover, I thought the cover was terrible. And it was it was, <laughs> it was from Hatchet. They didn't give you some which, options like to look at? No, no. Well, was, this is the cover. And I said, this is what you want? And they go, yes, our CEO came up with it. I said, I love it. <laughs> I love it. It's the best cover I've ever seen, you know, because the CEO of the company came up with it. Uh, of course. So I'm going like, if he likes it, he's going to make sure it's everywhere. Oh my and he gosh, did. you agreed for that reason? Yeah. Oh, oh absolutely. <laughs> to- totally. That's an interesting lesson learned right there. <laughs> well, listen, most people, Justin, you know this, most people go out to their friends and ask them what they think. They go out to other speakers or authors and ask them, are you nuts? Do not so do that. True. That's yeah, go to the people that are going to sell it or buy it. They know what it is. Right, because he loves uh, it. He wants to take the book out, right? Yeah, he's the uh, one that takes the book out. So I, he knows He knows what it is. I didn't. I thought it was A-okay. But, you know, uh, I still think it's A-okay. I mean, they're, they're sitting over there. But, you know, uh, yeah, but but nonetheless, you know, yeah, that's what you do. You, if you got a heart problem, go to a cardiologist, not yep. a general practitioner. You don't go to a muffler, stay you, you, you got a muffler problem, go to the muffler guy. And and you got a book issue, you go to book people, and that's what you and, do. And lean on them. Well, your yeah, most it, recent book was called The Hero Factor, How Great Leaders Transform Organizations and Create Winning Cultures. Of course, you know, culture has been like a hot topic uh, and one that's been, I'd say, front and center the last couple of years, right? So talk about this book and what made you write this one. Well, culture should always be at the front and center of every company. I mean, 
the, the companies that do that have great values. This is the difference. I, I found out there, there's a group that we bought in the C-suite network and the uh, founder of this company sold his company for $20.4 billion way oh back in 1996. Gosh. Wow. And he started and all these people would come up to him after he sold the company and he gave he gave everybody a percentage of the company when he sold it, making the single largest number of millionaires ever created in one day. Wow. And so all of these employees would run up to him and say, Mr. Ryan, you don't know me. And this is Rob Ryan's who I'm talking about, and his wife, Terry, and would say, uh, Mr. Ryan, you don't know me, but I'm the janitor and I can send my kids to college and you're my hero. Wow. Or, you know, I'm the night watchman and I can pay for the operation of my mother-in-law and she's now going to live. You know, you're my hero. And they didn't feel like heroes. They just thought they were doing the right things for the right reasons because of their values. And he started this group called the Hero Club. And as he started this group, he would, you know, it was like a ma- it's a mastermind. I mean, that's the best way to describe it. It's a peer-to-peer council group. And sure. we have we have many of those in our C-suite network now. And in 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 that process, the you know, he was leading it, but he could never get it to hundreds of people. And so he tracked me down and said, uh, I ran into him at the Rocky Mountain Economic Co- Conference. I was covering it for Bloomberg at the time because I was a um, I had my own show on Bloomberg. I had my own primetime television show on Bloomberg. Wow. And I was out there for that. And he kept calling me for months and I kept ignoring his calls because I thought he was trying to you know, raise money for Mitt Romney. That's what I thought. <laughs> so I kept ignoring nice. him. I, I, I don't want to give Mitt Romney any money. He's got enough money. You know, he used to work for Bain. He's, right. he's a millionaire. He, he's got money. I don't need to give him any. So, so anyway, uh, Rob came up to me at this conference, poked a finger in my chest and said, uh, said, give me a dollar. And I thought, what? What do you mean? I'm thinking, what's a billionaire need a dollar for? Does he need a soda or something? Soda, right. <laughs> yeah, that's what I thought. So, or a tip money or something. So I reached in my pocket and luckily I had a dollar and I gave it to him. He goes, you just bought the Hero Club. And of course, my next thing was, what the hell what's is the Hero, the Hero Club? Club? Yeah. And I actually said another word, but we can't say that on your show. And I don't, I don't you want could. you redlined. <laughs> all my shows, by the way, my, all my shows get redlined. I get bleeped uh, on my own TV show. But so the, funny. but we, uh, yeah. So we found out, well, what's the Hero Club? So it was this group of people who basically focused in on values. And by focusing on values and culture, their company did better than everyone else. Wow. It did better. That's kind of cool. So what we found out, so we did. So I, then I went, oh, wow, this is cool. So w- w- tell me more. And so we found out that companies that are based on values, core values, and that everyone in the company knows what those values are, they gross more money than anyone else in the industry. They make more money than anyone else in the industry. They have employees who are happier. They have customers who are more engaged. They have vendors who want to do business with them. And when you see them in the community, and you know these businesses, Justin, you when you see them in the community, everybody goes, that's, that's a hero business. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So talk about, uh, unpack that a bit for us. So it's it's great to say we get good values and our values are defined as a company and we have them on the wall. But like, in the best companies that have actually brought this to life, what? how has that worked? They're tested. They're tested. Let's, let's, you remember when the two black young black men who were arrested in Philadelphia for sitting in a Starbucks because they were waiting. Now, most people would say, well, you shouldn't be waiting if you're not buying coffee, but Starbucks doesn't have a rule like that. Of course, you, we all know you can go into Starbucks, never buy anything and sit there all freaking day. Right, just to right? do some work, exactly. So, because at the core of what Starbucks is, if you really get down to what they are, they are a community. They are a place for a gathering. They are a gathering place. That's what, And they just happen to sell some coffees and some muffins that you don't want to eat. So <laughs> that's you know that's what they do. So, and everybody, everybody, wow, wow, wow. And so then they, they, they got arrested. Well, what did, what did Starbucks do? They said, that's not who we are. They shut the company down and they went and trained amazing. everybody again. 
Right, exactly. Unbelievable, or yeah. let's take right there in your own town, Truett Cathy. Yes, Chick-fil-A. Okay, there's a guy who believes in his values and what he does. It doesn't open on Sunday. He he doesn't believe in same-sex marriages. And you know, and you might not agree with him, but he's rooted in his values. His company knows that everybody's oh, I love that. Not that I listen, I totally disagree with him on certain policies, right? Sure. And quite frankly, true it. I let me just put this in here one more time. I'd like to have a chicken sandwich on Sunday, my friend. I really <laughs> I like that. A lot okay? of people You've win. got the best chicken sandwich in the freaking world. People will stand in line to get it. Yeah. And yet you will not open on Sunday. But you know what? I respect your uh, your right, your your values that you say, nope, Sunday's for the Sabbath. My people will stay home and we will observe the Lord. Good for you. Good for you. I'd still, could you just make me a chicken sandwich? <laughs> Put it in a little basket or something. I'll drive by and get it. That, but to me, that's value, you know, and I can go through company after company, somebody who won't ship a product because it didn't make their standards. Um, you know, somebody who says we will not treat employees this way and, and it stands up and takes care of it. Sure. There's you can go after lots of it. You know, diversity and inclusion and belonging are a core to what I see with hero companies, you know, no um, question. To, no you question. know, to protect certain employees in your operation, to make opportunities for people in your operation. I mean. That's what we have. And to stand up and say, you know, especially right now with his, what has been the most worst economic conditions in the history of the U.S. and the world and inside of some of the most, you know, blatant racism that we now have come, more come to light. Absolutely. Now we're seeing companies do the, you know, do the things they should be doing. And that's what, that's what that means, man. That's, that's what that means. In, in your book, you actually, you qualify different levels of the hero factor, the zero, the bottom line, or oh, the struggling do-go. Ass hats. Yeah. Ass hats. Yeah. <laughs> Share with our audience just some of those, yeah. you know, kind of. Page 12. <laughs> Page 12. I, I, it's, it. I know exactly where it's yep. at because we spent a lot of time coming up with this chart. I mean, I, I, I I once did an article on the evolution of a chart, you know, because of where we tried to show there's different kinds of companies. Of course, in the there's there's on one side there's there's an axis for performance, right? Sure. On the other axis is then your values, where you sit on the values chain. And so you obviously want to be in the upper right hand corner where hero companies are. But most companies are, you know, what they're they're good coasts. Good coasts. Right? They're good coasts, right? <laughs> then there's wannabes. Okay, right. right? They want to be a good co, but yeah, they cut the edges a little bit. You know, they cut the corners a little bit. There's do-gooders. Okay, those are guys that got great values. They want to just do, I want to save the world and hug a whale. (laughs) And yet, but they don't make any money. Okay, so that doesn't help you. If your operational excellence is terrible, you're just going to go bankrupt doing good. That's not good. That's not going to get you where you want to go. Then there's operational excellence companies, which are, you know, the Walmarts of the world. They're just awesome. They, They make monies on fractions of a penny, but they don't have any values. You know, they, oh, you know, people say, oh, Jeff, that's not fair. They they give to the community. They give to the community because it's a, it's political. It's it's the right thing to do. It's the it's it's table stakes. I'm talking about who people who do it and not give money, who who go out of their way to protect the environment, who sure. go out of their way to take care of people, go out of the way to take care of the little league and the and the symphony and the, make sure that the community is where, you know, who serve on the the, the 
the PTA and give their employees time off to go to a walkathon. That's the stuff I'm talking. And then on the far side of that, you mean you got, oh, you know, asshats, you know, and and I, I couldn't say what they, you know, what I, I, I find. Really by the way, write. Justin, I had to pick a word that would get through censors. So we worked on all kinds of words uh, with with tele, television companies. Imagine. Yeah. And with, uh, you know, like podcasts and everything. And assets was the one because I because you you not want to know what I want to call these. I'm mother, sure. You know, Whatever. That's yeah. hilarious. Well, um, yep. it's a cool book, and I mean, what you a, can take, you can take a test. It's called, you know, here yeah, you I take the factor. Yeah. yeah, you. So I've got I assigned certain questions, and just just a way to say, do you have what's your hero factor? Yeah, and and I, I think most businesses have most businesses have some aspect of a hero factor of doing of wanting. I don't think it. No one no one wakes up in the morning and says I just can't wait to be stupid, right, right. or to or <laughs> no. to be bad. There are a few people like that. We know who they are, and they 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 run for governor. Uh, uh, <laughs> Nonetheless, yeah, there you <laughs> oh go. Gosh, back to politics. Yeah. Um, very cool book. You guys got to check that out. Um, let's let's ch- change directions just a bit. Um, you've mentioned the C suite network a couple of times, and I found this to be such a cool idea. Um, again, doing my research on you, share with our audience. So, what is the C suite network, and how this came to be? Yeah, I had a I had a show on Bloomberg called The C Suite with Jeffrey Hazlett, and it was so successful. Um, it became the number one business show out there. That's but, you know, you, now there's other shows that people oh I I never heard of you. That's fine, okay. But yeah, you know, I I measure things on uh, how many people watch prime time and how much money we make. There you go. <laughs> right. So uh, that's how I measure things. So and that, and by those measures, we were the highest grossing show, highest net show, and so it was pretty cool. But it was very successful. I took you into the boardroom where 99 percent of the people never get to go who work for the company. Got so, it. so what would, what, how could we create a trusted network of, of executives? And that's what it is. So think of it like a giant sequoia tree and under this giant sequoia tree, when you walk in these sequoia forests, there's a redwood forest, there's this, there's huge canopy and under the canopy is this lush ecosystem. Sure. That's the C-suite network. Oh, very a place cool. for people to come to learn, share, cheer, uh, you know, to do a little, we give them education, motivation, inspiration, and even a chance at monetization but you got to get engaged. Got it. So we have, so we have membership. Uh, we, we group people together based on needs and wants and, and roles, uh, location, size of business. And we also then have uh, the media. So we have C-Suite TV, C-Suite Radio, which is our podcast network. Absolutely. We have uh, the book club. We have uh, over 300 meetings that you can go to, especially right now online. There's just so many. Every week we have like five to six meetings. And are then, they, are they then like on knowledge top of shares? It, are they like knowledge shares right. and things between yeah, companies? Yeah, just okay. open meetings, and we'll, I'll have the the CEO of uh, like Kent Water, I'll have the CEO of WD40, I'll have the CEO of uh, oh, um, let's see, Ben and Jerry's ice cream. He was awesome, and uh, <laughs> nice. and we just share. You know, I do a little bit of an interview, and then it's open up uh, questions. Then we go into breakouts and really talk about it. And again, it's really interactive, and you know, everybody's participating. On every Friday, we have our celebration meeting. Love to encourage everybody to come to that. Just wow, write to me cool. Jeff at c sweetnetworkcom and and that's a you know like Fridays we you know this and that there in Atlanta I used to drive home and the way home you'd stop off at a pub and you know get together <laughs> with a friend, pat him on the back, give him a high five if it was a good week or a hug if it was really bad, and uh, and so now we're doing those online. That's very cool. That's very yeah. cool. Now, um, what has been the keys to growth for that? Did you already have individuals willing to buy into it and become a yeah. member, or well, did, you know, as like a, like the initial 
energy yeah, around anytime it. Anytime you get together, we were doing this for, you know, in person. And then, of course, with COVID, we had Got to it. shift the model pretty quick. But, but, and it's worked out better actually than, than in, in even in the in person stuff uh, for us. And, but, but we'll have some in person stuff when it starts to open up. But, you know, here's the thing, Justin, we all know that we want to be, we like to punch above our weight. We like to be with other people. How can we trust the other guy across from us? And, and so it's almost like a country club where we vet everybody that comes in. So you have to be a VP or higher to get in the room. Sure. That's one. And then everybody will say, well, what happens if I, you know, it's like a country club. You may not like the guy that's sitting over at that table, but he paid his dues to get in. And he's okay? there. Right. So and what we mean by that is that everybody is welcome to come in there and, and participate based on these sets of values and these sets of rules, so to speak. And as long as you don't violate them and you're not selling all the time, because, you know, it's it's really about networking. It's about giving. And that's one of the big things that we do in the in the room. You, you've got to give. Sure. So what do you mean? What are you going to do for somebody else? Right. You show that you're not give. a sales environment. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. It, will it come? Oh, everybody tells me about how much money they're making and this is happening. This is happening. And we want that. And we want, but we want you to come inside of a trusted environment. Sure. That's the most important piece. I love yeah. that. Um, I mean, and so for this, you, you know, when I look at this, I think of this as another thing that you've built or, and, and, and brought to life. I always love to share with our audience lessons learned from our guests that have, have built and started companies and launched businesses and sold businesses like when you think about your different experiences what would be two or three like nuggets of advice for the other entrepreneurs out there yeah well early on i started a pheasant farm um you know i tried to corner the market on pheasants so i realized <laughs> yeah listen this is the, the wait for the punchline oh, so the, <laughs> like, yeah it's all right it's okay yeah. i can't wait uh, it, so yeah, I started a pheasant farm and, and uh, I tried to corner the market on pheasants till I realized there wasn't one, but that's a different <laughs> story, right? You know, but, and so anyway, you know, I, I learned from that experience and I could go into a whole story about how stupid these birds are, but are, you know, cause they are, they're just, they're freaking, they're, you know, anyway, I won't even go. It's another whole side. It's, it's traumatic. It's actually traumatic, but you know, I learned that you, you need to capture customer behavior. The most important thing you can do in business, if you're an entrepreneur, don't listen to your mother, don't listen to your brothers, don't listen to your friends. They lie to you. I mean, they do it nicely because they're trying to support you and love you and things. But let me tell you what, being an entrepreneur is a very lonely thing. It's it's hard. And if if it was easy, everybody would do it. Sure. And they can't and they can't do it. And so, but I I and and this is, you 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 will talk yourself into that everybody will do it this way. Uh uh. uh you go find out how people do it and you find out how you can get in front of them and how you can capture more and more of them by doing the things they want you to do. That's it. That's, that's the, that's the rule. And the more you capture that behavior, the more successful that you're going to be, the better that you serve up for that behavior, the better you will be, the faster that you can serve up at a greater quality that you can do it. All of those things, you know, go into it, but it's a capture of customer behavior. If you try to, Oh no, no, they'll do it this way. I'll teach them. Uh-uh, you're going to lose a lot of money, my friend. Interesting. Uh, yeah. A, yeah, trying to get someone to come along. Um, what about the value of trying to find good partners? How, how, what have you learned in your experience of how, finding the right people to work with? Well, that so I always I you got to imagine the C suite network. Everybody comes to me. I, it's I, every day we have somebody come to I'm me and sure. say we want to sell this through your system, and oh, we'll do a revenue share. Okay. <laughs> right. Great. Love it. I love revenue shares. All right. What are you putting up to help me get there? And they right. go, well, well, that's what you're doing. I said, no, I'm not. 
I said, I've got, I've, I've invested in all this stuff. I've invested millions and millions of dollars to build this network, to get it to where it's at. Where, what, what part of that are you giving me? But of right? course you already have the platform. I'm just going to, we'll do a revenue share on my yeah, product. Exactly. But right. there's a cost to doing that. <laughs> totally. There's a cost to doing that. And, and so I know what that figure is. I know exactly what that figure it cost me. And if you're not willing to pay for that, if you're not willing to invest in it. So what that means is you have to, we have to both contribute something to the meal. And when we, when we have a, when we have a potluck, you bring something, I bring something. And then we have a good result. The result, the, the result is I make money and you make money. That's the result. But first we have to make the meal. Right. And, and, and we have to set the table and we have to invite the people there. We have to, you know, and then we had to clean up afterwards. All of those things got to occur. And most people forget about that. And that's, that's, an, so when I'm looking for a partner, I'm looking for somebody who realizes that if you don't realize that and you're a taker and you're a taker, and totally. I, that conversation ends very quickly. Very quickly, I can imagine. Yeah, yeah I mean, that's great advice. Um, and, and what about, you know, you've seen a lot of entrepreneurs, you've worked with many. Um, like, what do you think is the, the biggest mistake or two that entrepreneurs make early on when they're starting a new business? Listen, they listen too, too much to their friends and their mother and themselves. I mean, I listen, you, you know, when I saw when we had a Kodak printer, a printer, we came up with a printer. And people tell me about this, this, and this. I went to Best Buy, put on a blue shirt, and sold it on the floor. Now, so the best advice I can tell you as an entrepreneur is you go sell your stuff. And make sure you get... And and you learn a lot, right? What people like, what they don't like, how they use it, how they don't. I mean, like... I mean, and you'll you learn how stupid you are, you know, about about what you thought. Your was little this baby, and, it's so beautiful, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, you see, we can talk ourselves into the model. We can talk our we can visualize that they will give me money. Right. You know, and and yet you don't understand how hard it is to get that money. So the more you do of that, the better you will be at what you do. I love and, that. Yeah. And so, you know, and the other thing is no matter how much cash you think it's gonna take, it's three times more you know, or whatever. It's an X factor more. And totally. Yeah. And if, you know, I've been, you know, there's a great Atlanta uh, person in Atlanta there named Fran Tarkenton. Uh, <laughs> a name most people know. <laughs> Fran's a good friend of mine. And, and he, back in 1982, I was at a conference and he said the following, if you haven't laid awake at night, wondering how you're going to make payroll, the next day, you've never been an entrepreneur. That's interesting. And I oh. thought that was a great line. Now, not that we don't always have to be that bad, but right. <laughs> you know, trust me, there have been many nights that I have been in that situation. I don't like oh. to be there. I've been there though. And and even though I've run, you know, bought and sold, you know, hundreds of businesses, you know, I I, I gamble all the time on what I'm gonna do and how I'm doing it. I've been largely successful since uh, pheasant. Uh, the pheasants right yeah. <laughs> okay jeff this has been amazing um share with our audience where they can find you find the c-suite network find your content c- get you to come speak at their events when things open up or online yeah well just uh, reach out to jeffrey hazlett 
and uh, you can find me online. I'm all my emails are there. I'm in. Uh, you can message me on LinkedIn. You can go to C Suite Network. Anything C Suite, or just look up C Suite. We're in the top three uh, search firms all the time. But um, uh, search words. But yeah, just C Suite Network, uh, C Suite TV, C Suite Radio, C Suite Book Club, C Suite Cologne, C Suite Connect, C Suite SEO, <laughs> everything. C-Suite. Yeah, everything. You got it. And Hazlet.com, by the way. And Hazlet.com. Yeah, yep, I found that one too. Hey man, it's been so great having you on the show. I can't wait to. Have have you back on um man i this has just been amazing and look forward to a, a long-term friendship let's do it i'm game on brother game on <laughs> thanks man the contender cast is sponsored by henderson shapiro peck and powered by contender brands you can download additional contender cast episodes directly via apple podcasts google podcasts amazon music spotify iHeartMedia. YouTube, and other preferred podcast platforms. If you would like to be a guest on the ContenderCast, connect with us at ContenderCast.com. This is Brian Benson reminding you that every winner started as a contender.